message notes. Thanks so much for being here uh, tonight. We are, we've been in a series uh, on Sundays called Better Together. And uh, so we, I, I just was, I was thinking about what, what to talk about on first Wednesday. And uh, I just could not get away from talking about what we've been talking about and hopefully kind of putting a bow on it. We've talked about friendship relationships. We've talked about uh, relationships that take place in a marriage and our expectations. Uh, this past Sunday, we talked about um, romantic relationships and singles and dating and all that kind of stuff. And today, I want to talk about the relationships at work, everybody. And I know you're excited about this. We're talking about work and uh, the people that we work with. How many knows a difficult person at work? Have you ever worked around a difficult person? And let's, this is going to take some real honesty. How many's ever been a difficult person at work? Yes, absolutely. We all have. So tonight, I want to title this message, Take This Job and Love It. Take this job and love it, Okay. Uh, and turn in, your, in, in the scripture or in your notes to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 9. We're talking better together. It's better to have a partner than to go it alone. To share the what? The work. To share the work and to share the what? The wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But there is, if there's no one to help, that's tough. That's tough. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19 there in your notes it says moreover when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them to accept their lot and be happy in their work this is a gift from God could it be that God wants to give us a gift that our work and the people we work with, that we'll actually see that it's actually a God thing. It's actually a good thing. Actually something that we can enjoy. And I know what you may be thinking. You don't work where I work. You don't know the people that I work with. And I say, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I, I, know that it's, I know it's real. I know work is hard. I know that we all deal with difficult people. I remember the first job that I got uh, working at a church, I was, uh, I was just a kid, and uh, they asked me to be the youth pastor at the church, and uh, man, I honor my pastor that, that believed in me and saw, saw in me uh, the, the potential to, uh, to, to preach and all kinds of things. I was so green behind the ears, had no idea, and I remember being in that first staff meeting, and I had just read a leadership book, and I, I came prepared like with some quotes that I was going to say, and so I came to you know, really add something to the conversation, and I'll never forget, someone looked at me, a lady looked at me that's part of the church staff she said I've read that leadership book too well you got anything original to say <laughs> and uh, I just I learned right there that you deal with some difficult people no matter if you work at a church no matter if you work uh, no matter if you work uh, by yourself and you're dealing with uh, customers and you're dealing with uh, suppliers or you work in a, a large office with a lot of different people and I, I believe God wants to help us um, to, to, to see meaning in, in our everyday uh, and and that, that doesn't mean enjoy everything about it. I don't want to. I don't want to um, act like I'm talking about something that's impossible. I'm not talking about just enjoying every day, but I'm talking about finding meaning and realizing that that there's a purpose in every aspect of our lives and the, even the relationships. It's like it's easy to find meaning in the Christian relationships, like. 
we have small group and we're trying to you know better one another and, and serve God together. But but I, what I want to show you is that actually even the relationships that are just in our everyday lives, our nine to five, that they have meaning. And if you're in college or if you're in school or high school, middle school, just 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 change the word work for school. But it's your nine to five, what you're doing every day. You're studying, you're working. If you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're, um, if you're working in a corporate place, if you're a business owner, regardless of, of where kind of your lot is, I want us to help find some meaning in our work. Take this job and love it. Why don't you say that with me? I like saying that. Take this job and love it. I love it. Here's the first point I want to make. I want to I talk to you about eight different things tonight. Here's the first one, that our work is a part of God's purpose for our lives. Our work is a part of God's purpose for our lives. Did you know that work actually predated sin in the Bible? That before there was sin, before Satan beguiled Eve and um, they both took of the forbidden fruit, work was actually there beforehand. A lot of times we get mad at Adam, especially us guys, stupid Adam, you know, he ate the fruit, now I got to go to work, you know, I got to go to work. But, but look at what Genesis 2.15 says. It says, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to do what? Work to work it. Somebody work it, girl. Work it. <laughs> Sorry, my wife told me not to say that. <laughs> uh, and take care of it. So God, God made part of our purpose as mankind um, is, is to work. Part of our purpose and our meaning, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's not the curse. The curse was the sweat of the brow, and it was the difficulty of the work. But, but our work is part of the process and, and what God made us to do. He didn't just make us to sit on a cloud and play harps all day. You know That, that, that God put something in us that we have to contribute to his creation, that there's a purpose and a plan in it. So first of all, just understand simply this, that your work, whatever you do, that that's part of God's purpose for you. It's not like you have church life where you do all the purposeful stuff, and then you have work life where you just do all the, you know, just have to pay the bills stuff. But no, God says you got to understand your work life and your purpose is so intertwined and intermingled that it's part of his original plan, and it's not a result of sin. Here's the second thing that I want to challenge you. Because of that, because our work is part of God's purpose, put your heart into your work. Put your heart into your work. Like whatever you do, put your heart into your work. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 simply says this. Whatever you do, work at it. Why don't you say work at it? Work at it. How? With all your heart. How? As working unto the Lord. As working for the Lord and not for human masters. One way to love your job, one way to take your job and love it is, number one, understand that it's part of God's purpose for you. And secondly, understand that if you put your whole heart into it, then you'll begin to love what it is that God's, where, where it is God's put you. And I know what you're probably thinking. And if, if you knew the job that I worked at, if, I'll put my whole heart in it when I get the job that my heart wants. I'll put my whole heart into what I'm doing when I'm doing something that matters, when I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about, then I'll put my whole heart into the work. But the problem with that is God's word says everything your hand finds to do. 
So that means regardless if you have your dream job or you have a job that you cannot wait, like it, it's a nightmare job. Anybody ever had a nightmare job before? My, one of my first jobs was a nightmare job. I worked in the ladies section putting away undergarments in a uh, VF factory outlet. It was a nightmare job, everybody. It was it was a nightmare job that I have. And we, I, know, I know just some friends in, that are in there. I know you've had some jobs. I think I laugh thinking about some of you guys and hearing some of your jobs that you've worked. We've had some dirty jobs, some bad jobs. But what God's word says is understand it's part of your purpose. And everything your hand finds to do, put your whole heart into it. We think I'll put my whole heart into it when I get the job that, that, that is in my heart. But the problem is new doors do not open for half-hearted workers. New doors do not open for half-hearted workers. New doors open for people that put their whole heart into what they're doing right now. Even jobs that may feel like they're beneath you or below you, if you'll put your whole heart into it, it'll open doors for tomorrow. If you put your whole heart into it, it'll open doors for what's next. You never know what it's connected to if you'll put your whole heart into it. You ever met somebody who does something that seemingly other people think is, is not a big deal job, but they take it very seriously? I think about a clerk that I met in Florida at the Home Depot. And I'm, she made such an impression on me that I'm talking about her now about six years later. But she had such a contagious smile and attitude working at Home Depot to the point where I said, uh, I said do you go to church on Sunday? And she said, uh, yes, I do. I said, well, um, if you didn't, I wanted to see if I could hire you right now on the spot to be the head greeter at the church that I work at. You know, like she was that uh, just she was she just loved what she did and she had she said oh honey you're not the first person that's ever told me that I said really and she she pulled out this thing out of her pocket and it was like a it was it was all of these little patches that she had got from Home Depot being employee of the month employee of the week employee of the year and national employee of the year all these kind of things that she had gotten she said honey she said I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now and I thought God help me to have that same kind of attitude God, that I realize that whatever I'm doing, maybe it's not my dream job, but God, help me to put my whole heart into it, knowing that you're going to do something. You're going to help me to love what I do. You're going to help me to love where I am. You're going to help me to love what you put in my life. And maybe this it doesn't mean that you have to stay in a bad job forever or you don't transition, but the point is, is that our hope, we're not going to say, God, I'll give you, my, I'll give you, I'll give you all that I have um, I'll put my whole heart into it. Notice he said it's working as unto the Lord. Like not for human masters. So whatever, whoever's name is on your paycheck, whatever company's name is on your paycheck, if you could replace that company name with Jesus, then how would you work? You say, well, they don't deserve it. He's, Jesus says, I know, but I deserve it. So why don't you put your whole heart, whether you're digging ditches or taking out trash or, or if working in, a corporate, in the corporate world or whatever you're doing, like work like you are working for God because you are. I think about my grandfather that was a janitor at the elementary school that I grew up in. He was a janitor for over 18 years in that school. And he never, I never one time remember growing up him feeling like he was ashamed of what he did. My grandfather took what he had to do as like a ministry from God. 
He would watch, he would, all the teachers loved him. His name was Charles, and they, they'd say, Mr. Charles. Everybody loved Mr. Charles. Mr. Rickard was, Mr. Rickard, Mr. Charles. Everybody just, he was like a celebrity. Why? Because he treated everybody with love, everybody with respect. He prayed for them. My grandmother and him, they would treat that school like a ministry. And on Saturdays and many afternoons, they would go walk around that school and pray for God's hand and God's favor and God's blessing over that school. And so much so that whenever uh, we were at West Valley Middle School, my grandfather uh, called me one day and told me, he says, son, I asked the Lord for all those prayers that we prayed over that school that I worked at for years and years. I just prayed that God would do that same thing in that school where you guys are meeting as a church and you'd see an outpouring of God's spirit right there. What, what was he doing? He had realized that, you know what, other people look at it and say, well, that's not a really big deal. But I want you to know he made a huge impact on so many of us, me, myself included, because he took what he had and he did it as unto the Lord. And I'll tell you, God blessed my grandfather abundantly, abundantly. He is, he, is, he, is, he is one of the most blessed individuals, him and my grandmother, in every way that I, that I know of. But it's, it, it, wasn't, it was because he took a job and he loved it. And he realized that his life was part and his work was part of the ministry that God was having. So I want to challenge you. Don't, don't, don't live your life dreaming on, about what you don't have yet. But, but, but appreciate what you do have. Today's work will open tomorrow's doors. So do it with all your heart. Here's the third thing. Develop positive relationships around your work. Develop positive relationships around your work. Some people have the kind of attitude about their work. You know what? I check in. I check out. Um, some people put a do not disturb sign on their face. Like, don't deal. Don't mess with me. I, I got st- places to be, people to, people to talk to. I want to challenge you to engage. Interact. Smile. Pause. Ask people how they're doing. Somebody who does such a good example of this is my friend Leonard right there. You go to Best Buy, Leonard's going to be one of the first people that you see whenever you walk in this door. And not only do you, does he make such a positive impression on you, he's always telling me about this employee and that employee, how he's been praying for them. He's got all, I mean, no telling how many people from Best Buy's come to church because of Leonard. But what is he doing? He's realizing that his life is, he's developing positive relationships. And he knows the, the people that are in that store struggling financially and that he can help and try to make a difference and, and, and take time in your work if if you want to love your work, invest in the relationships in your work. Don't just invest in relationships at church. Be somebody that all the time, spend time, get to know people's names and their kids' names. And just, just, just do your life with the people that God has put in your life. Be an encourager. Smile every once in a while. It won't break your face, I promise. You know, Put a smile on your face and enjoy it. You know, that attitude, that attitude changes everything. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, all things being equal. Attitude wins every time. He says all things not being equal. Attitude still wins every single time. That have the kind of attitude where you want to spend time with people. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. In other words, you should make a difference in every single uh, place that you are. So your work should be affected by salt. If you... Um, we, were, we were cooking. We had some friends over uh, last year, and they had uh, some pastor friends of ours, and they had stayed the night, and they were making breakfast, and, and uh, they, were, they had made some kind of a breakfast casserole, and they were putting salt on it, and the top of the salt shaker fell off, and it was all of that salt. Anybody ever done that before? All of that salt in the dish, and 
we tried and tried and tried to get it out. I mean, we tried to cut out that one portion and we tried, but it had affected that whole thing, you know? And that's what Jesus is talking about. Like, your life should be salty. Your life should affect, shouldn't just be a church thing. There should be something about you, not something weird or strange or odd. Uh, some Christians are just weird. Don't be weird. That's not what he's saying. That's not what God's saying. Just be, be a difference maker. Be a change agent. Be someone who's, who's positive in a negative world. Have, have something good to say in the midst of a rainy day. Have, have, something on your, have something in your mind and in your heart that's, that's so much bigger than what everybody else in our world is going through. He says, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? In other words, if it's not making a difference. Can you make it salty again? He said, no, it'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless, as worthless. So don't, here's some things about this. This isn't in your notes, but um, speaking of work, I want to challenge you. Don't hang around negative people at work. In every workplace that I've found, and this is even in churches, not just, not just corporate world, but even in church staffs, and I'd say anytime you get, you get people together, this is just human nature, there's always, going to be a ne- there's always going to be a place for negativity. There's always going to be a proverbial meeting around the water cooler talking about what's wrong with everything. I want to challenge you, don't be a part of that meeting. If you are the person that everyone's always bringing bad things to and gossip to, you need to, allow, you need to just simply make up your mind tonight, I'm not going to be other people's trash can anymore. If everyone brings all the gossip to you, They're bringing it to you because you are receiving it and you are allowing them to throw their trash in you, you know? And if you're going to take your job and love it, then you're going to have to make a decision to not be at that meeting. Whenever every, after, you know, after, I've, I've seen it so many times. I've been, I've been a part of it before. I, sad to say, but, but, but you, you just, there's always that, if you're disgruntled, man, you can find those people that'll talk about, oh, what do you, what'd you think about that? I don't know what to think, you know? Don't be a part of that meeting. Don't be a trash can. Don't hang around with negative people. Also, um, something my dad taught me about work. Uh, bring solutions um, to your leaders, not problems. To your boss. Bring solutions and not problems. My dad's always told his employees this. He's always told the people that work for him, for every, if you are bringing me a problem, I want you to go ahead and bring three solutions with the problem. So don't just bring me a problem, dump a problem on me. But I want you, before you bring the problem, to come and say, hey, this is what happened, but I've been thinking we can do this, this, or this. Which do you think would be best to do? And uh, bring, be, be, I'm talking about loving your work. I'm talking about hopefully, hopefully, this, are you enjoying this tonight? This is, this is real life. Whenever you're dealing with those that you're working with, bring solutions, not just problems. Everybody can see a problem. It, you know, a blind man can see a pro- You can see a problem. Everybody can see a problem. But bring some solutions. Say, hey, I don't know what you think is best, but here's what I think we could do. And bring some solutions along the way. Here's number four. Number four. Take your job and love it. Here's how you do it. Don't compare yourself or your don't compare yourself um, with, with other people at work. Don't compare yourself. Uh, don't compare your job with others. Don't compare your job with others. Don't compare your job with others. Comparison creates confusion, and comparison kills contentment. Um, Social media today gives us the ability to endlessly compare ourselves with everybody else. 
Used to, it was just the neighbors and when they got a new car and when they got, you know, when they're going on vacation and, oh, that's nice, you went to, uh, you know, Aruba and that's just awesome, incredible, I'm so happy for you. But now, because of social media, I can literally compare myself with hundreds of thousands of people that I don't even know. I don't even know those people and I am jealous of what they're putting online, you know. I'm jealous of where they're at and who they're with. And, man, I'll be having a good day, honestly. I'll be having a good day. And I'm, you know, just casually flipping through um, the uh, social media. And it's like, I'm a loser. I mean, I am a loser. I thought I was having a good day. I am now a loser. Some people are like, I wrote four books today. I met the president three times today. I did this today. And I'm like, well, I thought I did something good, you know, but I guess not. I guess I'm just an utter loser. What I've learned about social media is that everyone always posts their best angle. Everyone always posts their best angle. At work, everyone always posts their best angle. Here's the problem with that. That if we don't watch it, if we spend our lives comparing our work with someone else, what we'll do is we will compare the downside of our job with the upside of their job. Um, Oh, they're, they dress casual to work. They're, my job is stupid. You know, I, uh, they get to work from home. They, they own their own business. Their lives are just perfect. You know, they don't have to answer to anybody. Hang out with someone who owns their own business and you realize there's a whole different set of stresses. And they'll think, those people don't own their own business. They get paid and just magically comes from somewhere else. <laughs> Their life is awesome. They, oh, their job travels. And they're in California one day, and then they're in Florida. And look, they're on the beach, and they're traveling, and they're doing all these things. Their job is so incredible. And, and what, what those, the, that comparison either does is one or two things. We see people that, are, that have things that are better than us, and we, we get jealous of them. We covet those things. And we don't appreciate what we have. Or we see people that are doing less than us and we feel prideful about it, which is equally as bad. That's why God says just, just do what you do. Don't compare. If you spend your life comparing your work with everybody else and, and thinking the grass is always greener uh, in someone else's world. I like saying this. The grass is greener where you water it. The grass is greener where you water it. Galatians 6.4 says, Let everyone be sure to do his very best. For then he will have the personal satisfaction of work done well and won't need to compare himself with someone else. Isn't that a great scripture? In other words, if you'll give your whole heart to where you are and your work and what you do and don't compare yourself with everybody else, you'll find a satisfaction and a joy that'll come into your life and you won't even feel like you have to compare yourself with everybody else. Number five, have an attitude of gratitude toward your work. Have an attitude of gratitude toward your work. Always remember, there are people in this world that would beg to have your job. Moms, there are ladies in this world that would die to be a mom. Someone who has a seemingly menial job, there are people... In America today, that would, would, would love to have your job. There are people that are disabled that would love to have your job. We're blessed. 
Regardless of what you do, we're blessed. And this is, this is I'm not talking about just something that's not in reality. But, but it, what I'm trying to convince us tonight is, is we all have, I know we all have feelings about our work. But don't let your feelings become your attitude. Don't let your feelings about your coworkers become your attitude. Don't let your feelings about what's going on in your world become your attitude. I got thinking, Moses complained about his job. He said, God, kill all these people that, that I'm leading. You know, that's, that, that's real right there. You ever been at work and be like, God, just kill them all. Kill them all. Elijah had the other response. He said, kill me, God. Elijah got suicidal. And he said, God, you called me to work with this Jezebel and just kill me. Kill me. It's this boss lady. is She's got issues and just she won't listen to me and just kill me, God. I got to think it, even Jesus, even Jesus, our God in flesh, said simply this. Let this cup pass from me. So he, even in the work that he had been given to do, to sacrifice his life for us, there were parts of that job he did not want to fulfill. But he didn't let his feelings become his attitude. He still went to the cross, despised the shame, was obedient to God, did exactly what he came to do. I want to challenge you to do that. Don't let you, just because there's negative feelings, don't let that become your attitude. Continue to have an attitude of gratitude. Talk about what you like about your job. That's a powerful thing, especially even in just any relationship, your marriage. Talk about what you like about your spouse. Talk about what you like about your school. Talk about what you like about where you are. And try to, try to minimize in your own mind the negative things because the negativity has a way of just being so much louder than the good things. God, thank you for my paycheck. Thank you for the strength to be able to work. God, thank you for the not for the mind to be able to go to college. Thank you for the scholarship that I have. Thank you for the for the passion that you put in me that I get to fulfill now. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Number 6, expect God to use you while you're at work. Expect God to use you while you're at work. The ministry is not just something that happens on a stage at a church somewhere. Ministry is not just what happens on Sundays. But we are to be a whole person. Like, wherever we are, we're a minister. Wherever we are, we're called to do what God has called us to do. So God put us in our work, and we need to expect Him to use us at our work. Like, expect to see God use us. And someone, we go to work, what'd you do last night? Well... Don't be weird. Don't be one of them strange Christians that, you know, has to, you know, start, you know, quoting a bunch of Bible verses and singing over people, you know, and dancing. Just tell them, I went to church. You should come with me this Sunday. You know, it's, you know, it's amazing. Whatever, you know, tell, it, realize that, that your life, that God, it doesn't have to be weird or strange. But God will provide natural ways for you to be able to be a blessing to other people. And natural ways for you to be able, as you live your life for God, for you to be able to be a blessing to the people that are in your world. And you don't have to make it happen or conjure something up. Or, but you can just, in a natural way, understand God is going to use me to do... Um, God's going to use me to be a missionary at where I am at my work. Like, you're a missionary there. There's people at your work that you're... Your kindness may be the only kind word that they hear all day. Your work may be going through restructuring or changes. or People's families may be upended. Uh, there may be situations where your friends are 
not doing good in class and maybe their parents are having issues or maybe you don't know the impact that you're having. You don't know the impact that you're having. Even moms that are, that are working at home and raising those kids, you do not know the impact of the ministry of what you are putting in those little guys and little gals. You don't know the ministry that God is doing through you. You, you, you can't ever uh, underestimate where God's put you in your life. He's put you whatever work you've found to do. Do it with all of your might. 1 Corinthians 9, 22 says, When I am with those who are weak, this is Paul speaking, he says, I'm weak. I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. He says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can do to save some. I don't think that one's in your notes, but it is on the screen. I love what he's saying there. He's saying, I'm just living my life. The King James says, I am all things to all men, by, that by all, by, by all means I might save some. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm using my everyday life to bring people to Christ. And I love what it says uh, in, in the New Living Translation that we use. He says, I, I try to find common ground with everyone. I would say, man, th- that's, that's a challenge sometimes. But I, I, I love the challenge, honestly. I love meeting someone and saying, how can we find common ground? How can I find common ground to be able to use my life? Not to try to tell them, oh, you're so bad and you're such a sinner. You better come to my church so my preacher can get a hold of you. You know, you need to come and get your life right. But no, 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 no. What is Paul saying? He's doing. He's not taking people by the, you know, by the nap of their neck and dragging them to God. No, he's saying, I'm finding common ground with everybody. Now, I've found very few people on this earth that I can't find some kind of common ground about. Because everybody, everybody, everybody uh, has needs. Everybody needs God. There's something that we can connect with every single person, regardless of what strata of life they're in, that we can connect them to Christ. I love that. Number seven, how do I, how do I take my job and love it? Honor God with what you earn from your work. That's what Proverbs 3.9 says. Honor the Lord with your wealth in the first fruits of all your increase. I love that. When, you, when, you give your, when we give our first and our best, whenever we realize, man, the work that we do, I'm able to see lives change because I'm taking what I've earned here and I'm taking it, I'm putting it in God's kingdom, I'm putting it in the local church so that ministry can go forth and lives are being changed because I'm here at work. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way. Like, there are lives that are coming to Christ and having their eternal destinies transformed by God because I'm sitting in this boring meeting right now with Sister Negative, you know, like like in the video, and because I'm dealing with this disgruntled person on the phone or this disgruntled... uh, 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 Like, there is somebody, because I'm dealing with this child and maybe I'm a teacher or maybe I'm a, a, a policeman or whatever like whatever you do you're doing numbers you're an accountant or you're an engineer you're a student you're doing numbers you know it's like like whatever you're doing if you understand there is a correlation because God's putting resources into you and then because you're doing that because you're finding joy because you're being faithful in that you're able to make an eternal difference through your work so take your job and love it I just like saying that 
So it's making eternal. So, so realize what you earn. It's not, for, it's not just for us. It is for us. God blesses us so that we can enjoy our life. But also understand it's so that we can be a blessing. So that we can be a blessing. It's not give. It's not, it's not so that we can get more. No, it's so that we can give more. We realize we're a conduit for God's, for God's blessing and for God's favor. And number eight, I'll conclude with this. Think like an owner of the company that you work for. Think like an owner of the company that you work for. You say, I don't know about the owner of the company. If I was the owner of the company, I'd do all kinds of things different than what they're doing right now. Uh, We've all felt that way. But this is a biblical way to think. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 16. It's right there in your notes. It says, if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I want you to act like whatever you're doing, like you're an owner of that business. There's a huge difference between how you treat something if you own it. You ever rented a car before, everybody? Treat that rental car, you know. But if you own it, you know, you're ta- it's your baby. You're taking care of it, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, if you own that business, you pick up trash. If you own the business and you use the bathroom, you clean it up. And you own the business, you, someone walks in right before you're going to close. Oh, oh, no. I want to make a positive impression because I don't know who this person is connected to. I want to, I want to whatever we can do to build those right relationships. If you're, if you're an owner of the business, you're, you're praying for that business. I don't know if you've ever owned a business before. You're, man, you're praying that, that, that something comes in. You're praying for the right connection. You're praying for... If you own the business, you're not trying to sow strife in that business. No, you're trying, to, you're trying to do whatever you can do to try to make sure the right people are on the right seats. And you know it's not perfect, but, but you're trying to make it better. And um, God says, how do you ever expect to have something of your own if you can't treat someone else's business? But the, and that's literally what he's talking about. He says, how can I give you true riches if you can't even handle the things of this world? Isn't that powerful? Walk, walk in tomorrow like you own the place. Seriously. Walk into work tomorrow like you own, and you may own the place. Especially those that don't. Walk in like you own it. Walk in, how, how, would I, how would I treat people? How would I pick up? How would I, how would I communicate? Because you know what? It may not be too long before you do own it. Read the Bible. Joseph was in the prison one day and then leading the whole shebang the next day. You never know what God's favor can do whenever it touches your life. But God can't elevate you until, he can, until you, you can allow yourself to have the right spirit, the right attitude, and the right humble attitude where you realize, you know what, God? It's not perfect, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work it. I'm going to give everything that I have. I've seen this in my own, own life in, in, in a lot of areas, but what I was reminded of as I was preparing this this week is um, um, whenever I was in high school, my pastor... Um, growing up, the church asked me to do something for him. My, uh, our church had bought a house that was probably about five or ten minutes away from the church, and he had got it on a, on a government auction, and it was in bad shape. I mean, bad, 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 bad shape. <laughs> trash. People, the people had stopped putting their trash at the road, honestly, and just started opening up the crawl space under the house and started throwing their garbage under the house. I mean, I don't know how long they did it, but it had to be more than six months. I mean, just garbage 
under the house. Cats, all, I mean, just na- the whole house was nasty. And so of all the people in church, my pastor said, hey, Brandon, do you mind to uh, go and clean out that house uh, whenever you <laughs> get, get out of, get out of uh, school? Or, um, and I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. You know, I don't, don't want to work on that house. Well, well, I did. And uh, I got a group of friends, and we went and we, for about a week, we just literally cleaned trash, pulled up a truck, and we just would fill it up just with nothing but trash. And I um, got thinking, that, that house, uh, the church went on to fix it up, and uh, they used it for, like, missionaries that were coming through, a place for them to stay, and, and that kind of thing. And then I uh, met a beautiful girl and uh, fell in love, and we got engaged. And I lived at this little, I lived at the church, literally, like, at the church. The parking lot of the church had this... Uh, like uh, used to be a music studio, and they turned into a nice apartment. That's where I lived for three years, and while I was working there, and uh, fell in love, thinking that that Kara and I would live in that little apartment. And um, my pastor, uh, about like a month before we got married, he said, "Hey, how'd you like to live in the curling house?" That's a, that's what, it was on curling, uh, and for it was like a three. I mean, it's a big house, you know. It, it's been fixed up. It's nice, and. Uh, I was, I, was, I was ready to get out of that one-bedroom apartment. I was happy about that. And it wasn't until later I realized, you know what? The house that I cleaned all the junk out of became the house that I brought my bride home to. And if I would have had the wrong attitude, I, if I would have had the wrong attitude and looked at my pastor like, I'm, I'm better now. I'm, I'm called to preach. You should let me let me preach. I haven't even preached yet. You know, I should be in front of everybody. I'm preaching in all these rest homes and convalescent centers. I should, and, and kids. You know, I should be preaching to the adults. You know, I should have the. I mean, I, I'm too good to be cleaning up these houses. You know, if I would have had that kind of attitude, everybody, I, I, I promise he wouldn't have wanted me anywhere around that church. And but in the ministry and having that kind of attitude, but because because of, because of an attitude. God, God turned that place of work into, an, into a beautiful place for me. And you know what? He'll do the same for you. If you'll give your heart and your soul to whatever's in front of you, maybe it's a trashy job. <laughs> maybe it's not the job you want. Maybe it's literally a trashy house. I mean, you, you give your all to what is in front of you and then just trust. Treat it like you own the place. Be honorable. Be honest. Smile. Don't be the first one to leave. Be the, be the first one to get there and be the last one to leave. Why? Because we're not working for people. We're working for God. And when we put our whole heart into it, it's not just, well, I do this so then I can do my real ministry. No, this is my real ministry. God's paying me. God's taking care of this. And, and I want to do this work for Him completely. Can we stand to our feet?